Hello everyone, Bobby Wilson here from the TNT College Football Podcast. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, if you're listening to this uh, installment, is my next uh, FBS College Football Breakdown, continuing to break down all 133 teams at the FBS level. Um, this segment, I will be breaking down the Maryland Terrapins, who last year finished 8-5, and 4-5 and five in the Big Ten. Um, another good season for Maryland, uh, but w- one that... One that could have been potentially more if <clears throat> if the Terrapins could just find a way to win some of those big games. Uh, they've they've come close in many occasions, and they just haven't been able to come through yet. So the pieces might be coming together this year, though, for that to happen. Uh, we will see, and I will get into that during the breakdown here. Uh, let's go ahead and dive in. They play at SECU Stadium, which seats 54,000 also known as the, as the Shell, uh, a stadium where they've had some really, really good success uh, during their time there. Um, just uh, a really, really good place to catch a football game, <clears throat> and I, I've heard really great things about it um, from, from fellow fans and one of those places I can't wait to get to uh, during my college football travels. Um, next up, Coach on the rise, and <clears throat> some people may laugh at me when when I when I make this statement, but I'm going with Josh Gaddis, the offensive coordinator. Um, 2021, he, he won the Broyles Award as the top assistant coach in the country while he was at Michigan. Uh, <clears throat> last year, of course, went on to the University of Miami as the offensive coordinator, and they struggled to say the least. But <clears throat> this is a a coach that has some unbelievable success um, starting with his playing career at Wake Forest went on to the NFL played for the ja- with the Jacksonville Jaguars for a short time then went right into coaching 2010 as offensive graduate assistant at North Carolina 2007 2011 was the wide receivers coach at Western Michigan then 2012 to 2013 same position held at Vanderbilt uh, 2014 to 17 was the wide receiver coach passing game coordinator at Penn State and then Gets a big break by getting to go to Alabama in 2018 as the co-offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach. After their huge season there, he gets hired at Michigan from 2019 to 2021 as the OC. That's when he wins the Broyles Award. And then is hired at Miami. And then currently now, this season, is at Maryland as offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. Um, an interesting uh, time uh, timeline over the past uh, year, year and a half, as he left Michigan, um, speculation dealing with uh, Jim Harbaugh leaving for the NFL and was he guaranteed the head coaching job and all this and that. Um, I'm not here to discuss that or talk about that, but I think he has a really, really good opportunity to be coaching an NFL quarterback in Tulua Tagovailoa and a really, really good offense that – that he that I really feel he is going to be able to turn to the next level. Um, and I really feel this Maryland team has an opportunity this year to take the next step, and I think Coach Gaddis is a big reason why. Looking at their 2023 schedule, they open up against Towson, and then they're going to play Charlotte, and then Vir- uh, Virginia on a Friday night. Then they go to Michigan State, host Indiana, go to Ohio State, Illinois at Northwestern, 
Penn State at Nebraska, Michigan, and Rutgers. In my opinion, there's a very distinct possibility that they could be 5-0 and going to Ohio State. Uh, and then those other significant matchups that you see on their schedule, uh, Penn State at Nebraska, Michigan. You can throw Illinois in there as well. At Michigan State is one that they've struggled with in the past. Um, just some really good opportunities I see for them to make a statement this year. And I, and I really feel that they have the team to do it this year. Now going into position-by-position position breakdown, uh, the return of quarterback Tulua Tugavaloa gives the Terps a chance to win almost every game. He's, he's that good. He's the program's all-time leading passer with 7,879 yards and 51 touchdowns. And he was a second-team All-Big Ten player last season at the quarterback position. He threw for program records of 3,860 yards, 26 TDs, 328 completions, a 69.2% completion percentage, and seven 300-yard passing games last season. Those were all program records. By the time it's all said and done, he's going to basically hold every single passing record at Maryland, and uh, deservedly so. Um, just a fantastic football player who who is really – grown in front of our eyes as we've seen him play uh, during his time over the past handful of years and just a really really gifted player and it obviously he could have been he could have had an opportunity to go play in the NFL last season uh, but decided to come back to do something special and he's got that opportunity uh, the running back room is led by Roman Hembry last season as a freshman he had 989 yards and 10 touchdowns he was third among all FBS freshmen with 1,287 total yards of offense. Uh, Ramon Brown and Antoine Littleton provide solid depth at the position as well. Uh, the receiving core loses three of its top six from last season, but it will be just fine. Uh, wide receivers Jayshon Jones and uh, Shellac Knotts return, uh, along with tight end Corey Deitches, who's one of the best in the Big Ten. Um, Jones was a leading receiver, re leading returning receiver, and Knotts, if he can really put it together, has breakaway, breakout ability uh, for this team. Uh, the additions of wide receivers, Caden uh, Prather from West Virginia and Tyree Chambers from FIU are game changers. Uh, both have the potential to be starters coming in. Uh, I'm a big fan of Tyrese Chambers. He was an electric player at FIU. Uh, really put them in some, gave them a huge opportunity, huge opportunity to have success every time the ball was in, in his hands. And he's coming back home to the uh, Metro DMV area um, after his time at FIU. Uh, the offensive line returns one starter in left tackle uh, Delmar Glaze, who will play on Sundays. He's a fantastic player to build around. He is an NFL player. And then the additions of a uh, Gottlieb. Idazi from D2 Frostburg State, uh, Corey Bullock from North Carolina Central at the FCS level, and Marcus uh, Doomerville from LSU are massive additions for the offensive line. Just got to kind of put everything together, and uh, hopefully it will be good because there's so many options at the skill players, and obviously a stud quarterback that they just, if they put everything together offensively, this is going to be a scary team. Uh, on defense, the line needs a couple of big-time additions to step in. Uh, nose tackle Jordan Phillips from Tennessee uh, joins uh, defensive tackle Tommy Anklin-Bissat 
uh, inside. And then defensive end, Quashon Fuller is joined by FCS All-American Donnell Brown from St. Francis. Brown had 10.5 sacks and 23.5 tackles for loss last season. Those are mind-blowing numbers. I don't care what level you're playing at. Um, I understand that the NEC and St. Francis aren't the highest level of football, but still, those are game-breaking numbers there, hence the fact that he was an All-American, well-deserving Really looking to for, looking forward to seeing what he can do at this level. Um, the linebacker core returns two good ones in Ruben Highpolite and freshman All-American Jay Sean Barham. Um, Barham's already being talked about as in as a future high NFL draft pick. Just as unbelievably gifted as a player, and he looks the part as well. Fernage Gote and uh, Kalen Wyatt also have experience at the linebacker position. Uh, the secondary returns safeties uh, Bo Braid, who who was the leading tackle last year with 85, and uh, Dante Trader, and adds Avante Williams from Miami. He can kind of play anywhere in the defense, but has a good deal of experience, or I should say anywhere in the secondary, but has a great deal of experience at safety. And then cornerbacks, they return Tarheeb Still, Glendon Miller, Corey Cooley, and they add uh, Jaquan Shepard, who was a first-team All-AAC player at Cincinnati last season. Undoubtedly, he will be one of the starters in the secondary. Um, first-team All-Conference player. You don't get to add pieces like that very often. Uh, looking at special teams now, punter Colton Spangler uh, returns after averaging 45 yards per punt. And then kicker Harrison Beatty has big shoes to fill after Chad Ryland's departure to the NFL. Um, and then, of course, a plethora of options available, returning kicks, punts and kicks uh, with all the athletes that they have on this roster. Just a great group of athletes. Uh, final analysis is my opinion now on the Maryland Terrapins. Um, every year, it feels like a broken record. Lots of talent, great recruiting, smart coaches, and uber athleticism. If Maryland could ever combine it all at once... They, they could be world beaters. And after back-to-back eight-win seasons and bowl victories, I might add as well, this is shaping up to be the time for the Terps to put all that together. Um, you have a unbelievably gifted quarterback in Tolua Tagovailoa, who I don't know if they'll have a player at his level for quite some time. But this is a big year for... Maryland and head coach Mike Loxley as they need to have a successful season in Tolua's final year with the program because then it will show the four and five star recruits and those big time transfer portal players that you can come to Maryland and you can build something and do something great just like Tolua Tugavaloa did um, during his time. That's why I'm saying that's why I, I think this is a very big year for this team. Uh, they've proven the program has proven that they can bring in unbelievable players, fantastic coaches. They have Josh Gaddis, Kevin Sumlin. I mean, you can go down the line. Great coaches on the staff um, that that can recruit at the highest level. They've proven that they can do that. Now it just comes down to you got to win those big games. We know that they can beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. They've been doing that the past couple of years. Now it comes down to. Can you win at Michigan State? Can you win at Ohio State? Can you beat Illinois at home? Can you beat Penn State at home? 
Can you win at Nebraska? Can you beat Michigan? I'm not saying they're going to win every game on their schedule, but there's an opportunity for them to get to that nine, to break that eight win mark that they've had the past two years. This team is definitely good enough to do that, and they should. Um, I personally feel that they can go to Michigan State and get that victory. I understand going to Ohio State is very difficult for anybody. They can beat Illinois at home. They could beat Penn State at home. They can obviously win at Nebraska. And they gave Michigan all they could handle at the big house last year. They, that they, they were just fell short. That's all. This team is right there, and I think this could be the year that they finally take that next step as a program. And I think it's a pivotal year that they do that because you lose Tugavaloa at quarterback after this year, and then you have to find that next prized piece to the puzzle at the quarterback position. And I think if you prove that you can do it this year, this program could climb to that next level in the Big Ten. And moving forward with the additions the Big Ten is going to be making in 2024, I think that's a huge, huge, huge thing moving forward. So I appreciate your time listening to this. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please like, subscribe, or ever listen to the podcast. Uh, please give the podcast Twitter account at TNT College Foot One a follow. Everybody have a good night. God bless.